Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. Uh, you're all huge fans, so you already know that we originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're back to the episode where I interview Blackbeard the Pirate, played by comedian Branson Reese, and Alfred Kinsey, played by comedian Kevin Cobbs. Kinsey was the uh, famous uh, sexologist from, like, the 1950s. It was a great episode. Uh, Don't forget to buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is me making fun of Kellyanne Conway for, like, 150 pages. It is super funny and available now. In addition to buying and loving it, you could also leave a dope review. Uh, Leave a review and rate the podcast on iTunes. Feel free to shoot me an email at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.com. Any and all of that will be greatly appreciated. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Dr. Alfred Kinsey and Blackbeard the Pirate only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna be awful for me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American biologist, professor, and sexologist from the early 1900s, Alfred Kinsey. Hello. And notorious 18th century pirate, Edward Teach, also known as Blackbeard. Yar. Uh, Mr. Kinsey, Mr. Blackbeard, welcome to Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yar, yeah, fe- feeling good, feeling <laughs> fun. So um, I'd like to start off with Kinsey, if I might. Um, so you were the first major figure in American sexology. Um, but I'm wondering about other countries. Like, you were the first in America, of course, but were you aware of other sexologists in other countries? Um, you know, were there other people studying the things that you were interested in in your, you know, like, main breadth of scientific work? Well, yes, of course. I mean, if you think about it, America's always behind when it comes to sex. So mm. You, you uh, said sex. Sex, yes. Sex. Uh, with th- your, there with are your... other sexier countries. Okay, other sexier countries than America. Yes, I mean, take for example, Italy. Oh yeah, it's a pretty sexy country. It's right? a sexy country. Everyone there, they love sex, mm-hmm. and they're not afraid of it. But and so you're saying that the scientists in these other sexy countries were unencumbered, and so they were able to study it years before it wasn't, it wasn't, America got to it. It wasn't taboo there. Okay. Here, I had to. There were so many puritanical types who tried to stop me yeah. and i literally had to fight them yeah i literally had you to literally fought them i i'm quite good when it comes to throwing down in fisticuffs i wouldn't have i wouldn't have guessed that oh yes i'm very tough oh really? you can see now i'm striking a fighting pose you see oh yeah you're doing the fight in irish <laughs> yes mm-hmm. well this is actually something that uh relates to blackbeard because blackbeard had a very cultivated look to intimidate people you know, and so would you say that that's what Kinsey is putting off now? Like that kind of intimidating vibe? Oh, yeah. Me, I mean, my whole strategy was like a, like when a cat makes it all its hair stand up. So that it looks taller it than looks it actually taller is. taller and bigger. Okay. I would do the same thing where I would set me beard on fire. <laughs> it would scare me enemies. And also it would hurt me face real bad. You would, you would set your facial, your beard, your famous beard on fire. Yeah. They called me Blackbeard because me black beard was always ablaze. Okay, I would assume that because I would have thought they'd call you Firebeard. Yeah, that's that's a that was the that was the hope. I will say, uh, but you can't choose your nicknames. You, you know. really can't. You really can't. I was gunning hard for Firebeard. Well, I would assume that maybe like you set your beard on fire too early, and then what was left were like the tattered black ashes. And then that's when people said, oh, Blackbeard, because that's what's left over. This was a problem I read into a okay. number of... T- See, when you're on a pirate ship, you're you're up to your, you know, hundreds of yards from the other ship. So you set hundreds your beard on fire. of yards. <laughs> hundreds of yards. Well, I'm like, oh, I see the, I see the ship ahead. I got to set me beard on fire. Okay. So I'd set it on fire. And then, you know, a ship... We're moving at a clip, but it takes a while to get there. I mean, that your beard must have gone up in flames in, in a matter of seconds. Well, as you as you can see... Uh, from me face now, it's just 
marred by horribly <laughs> scarred. Oh yeah, burns and scars. I, I did this over and over again. And uh... did your beard get like more and more patchy as you burned parts of your face that were not then able to grow more beard? No, as if as if like uh, some sort of curse had been laid on my face. <laughs> Every time it would come back thicker and blacker. Wow, that's incredible. I yeah. mean, fortuitous for the kind of lifestyle that you were living, right? Where you wanted to have a black beard to intimidate people. It was real convenient, I tell you. <laughs> if I had been a high society type, it would have been mm. a well, nightmare. Well, what I'm curious about is, so I didn't read about the the lighting your beard on fire part of your life, um, but I did read that you would put fuses in your hat. So this is in the Wikipedia that you would put oh, fuses yeah. in your hat and light those in order to intimidate your enemies. That is in me, Wikipedia. I was, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I was not <laughs> conflating that with another thing. No, I would also put fuses in me hat and that would, because the beard would go up so quick and it's like, <laughs> well, what's the plan B here? I'd put some fuses in the hat and then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, my me enemies would go, Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get it. And then they would just give up all their ships and give up all their goods and things like that. Yeah, I did it to intimidate them, but a lot of times they would go, ah, oh, this guy, he needs it. <laughs> and they'd out, just out of pity, I'd get the ship. Wow, that is uh, that is not in your uh, official biography, but, um, you know, that is what the, what the show is for. Uh, let's go back to Kinsey here for a moment. So, you know, you specialized in the study of sex, um, in human sexuality. And I'm wondering, over all the years that you studied sexuality, what was the most surprising thing that you learned? Obviously, you know, you're doing the majority of your work in like the 1940s and 50s. And so there wasn't, a, there, you know, it was easier to get shocked because we didn't really talk about sex that much. But what was the most surprising that you came up with while you were doing your studies? Doggy style. I'm sorry, doggy style? Yes. That was the most surprising thing. Yeah, I was shocked and amazed when I saw this. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. That... That person is, that's not how it, that's not the main way. I'm sorry, so. so that's a different the main way. way. <laughs> that's <laughs> not the main way. I agree, it's not the main way to have sex. It was sh shocking. How old were you when you discovered doggy style? And not even, not even in just your own sexual life, but through your studies of sex, you, you discovered doggy style. 31. You were 31 years old before you discovered that doggy style was a thing? Yes. That's bonk. Can you tell us about that day that you made that discovery? Because I'm... I'm baffled by some of your process that I learned from the Wikipedia. And so I want to know, like, exactly what part of the study that this came up. Like, were you interviewing somebody? Like, what happened exactly? We had two strapping young folks. Okay. And they were, for lack of a better term, screwing. <laughs> ah, there's no better way to put it. And they were they were doing it the main way, what I call the main way. No, it's classically known as the main way. Yeah, if we if I if I was to say the main way, everybody would assume missionary. We all yes, know what we're yes, talking about. Yes. Say the main way. Good old main normal way. style yeah. sex. Regular, regular vanilla. Regular, yeah. yeah. Yes, regular. Then uh, they were they had a lot of uh, they were very they had a lot of lotions and <laughs> lubricants on their body, and the man he sort of just. It was almost, watching it, it was almost like you could hear the slide whistle because he just went, Beep! and he slipped and went around the other way. And then, voila, <laughs> doggy style. Wait, so so then you, you're watching this and you're, you're shocked and surprised by this. Yes. You're, you're blown away. Did blown you, away. Did you assume it was an accident or? Yes. Know, did you talk to the man afterwards and, and yes, say like, you know. I, I didn't wait till afterward. I ran up to him right at that moment. Did and you I shake said, his hand? Yes. <laughs> I shook his hand. And I said, sir, what do you call that? And after giving me a good thrashing upon the head. Oh, he didn't like being interrupted no, from the sex. No, okay. and that was another thing I learned in that moment. People mm. don't like being accosted during they really intimate don't. moment. They really don't. I, I kind of knew that instinctively. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have known. It seems like a lot of your study in sex was just learning stuff that people <laughs> intuitively understand. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. I think you just needed an older brother because I feel like I got a lot of what you're talking about now through my older brother. Yes, I was an only child. Oh, that uh, makes a lot of sense. Yes. It makes a lot more what, sense. Do older brothers teach these things? They kind of tell their younger brothers, like, listen, this is what sex is. You know, they give them a, a porno mag. That's usually like a big thing that a, a big brother. A porno mag. Yeah. Do you not know what pornography is, Alfred Kinsey? We'll famous talk about it. I, I, <laughs> I know. Of course. Sure. No. I don't think you do. No. I, I don't do. think you know it really doesn't. I'm from a different era. For me, me older brother showed me a, a lewd pamphlet. <laughs> oh. 
I'm wait. I'm sorry. In the in the 18th century, you had pamphlets. Yeah, uh, like a um, what, what did like the Thomas Paine like a common sense right, type thing, right, but instead okay. of it being like a like a sort of not funny stilted political satire, it was just uh, descriptions of ways that people might have sex. It was uh, a, a did they have the regular way in there? <laughs> yeah, that was the first one. It the was main, just a list. the main way. The main way. The main way. It was the main way, uh, do- doggy style. <laughs> the founding father. Uh-huh. Which was not, that was the first time the term was coined. Oh, really? The yeah. founding father. Wow. Can you describe that position for us? Yeah. Uh, uh, 40 men all get in a room <laughs> and they... Uh, they debate for a long time how they're going to do it. Yeah. And then finally, okay. uh, they all do it in a way that is ultimately rather unsatisfying. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that that, uh, that tracks, you know. Well, I'm curious. So you said the, the most surprising thing that you learned about in all of your sex studies was... Doggy style. That was the most shocking moment. That was the most shocking moment of your studies. So are you aware now of any other types of sex that people have? Or is it still just the two positions in your mind right now? Uh, please. I, I became familiar with literally every way you can have sex. Every- I mean, I'm even the founding father. I'm familiar with that. Oh, okay. That, so yes. you, you really leaps and bounds past once, once you had that break. Yeah, it was a watershed style. moment. Gotcha, doggy gotcha. style was a watershed moment. <laughs> Well, let me uh, let me uh, move over here to uh, to Blackbeard for a second. So, there's not All a lot right. that's known about your early life. Uh, some people say that you were born in Bristol to a wealthy family, and then you all moved to Jamaica and you joined the privateers when you were a teenager. Is any of that? accurate because that's all supposition from historians right now yeah that's uh that's not quite the full story okay so yeah uh, lay it on us so i was born in in bristol okay and uh me family did move to jamaica okay and i did join the privateers Mm -hmm. uh so wikipedia mostly has it right (laughs) but it you know you just miss there's there was a lot of laughs and a lot of love. That okay, it's just when the Wikipedia presents things so dryly. They're probably like that. not gonna include those things. Just to, you know, for brevity's sake, I would say. Sure, I just you know, how good is an online encyclopedia if they don't have if they don't have love? If they don't have like, where's the love? That's what I want to know. I know I go into my Wikipedia often and I edit and I I try to add in in the middle. There were a lot of laughs and a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Do you run into the Wikipedia editors just not even uploading it? Yes, yes, they don't even yes. put it online. They're like <laughs> citation needed, and I'm like, I'm Blackbeard. That's the citation, exactly. And it's they these people need to know about the laughs and the love mm. and the oh, the good times. No, that is I'm um, I'm baffled by the fact that that you both feel like that's necessary information for your biographies. Like I don't think that anybody's going to read your Wikipedia and assume that there wasn't love and that there wasn't laughter. That's just a given, right? Well, for example, so me, me famous habit of setting me beard on fire, right? We all know, we all love. Also, also not in the Wikipedia, but not in the Wikipedia. No, you wouldn't know I did that. You also wouldn't know how I learned how to do that. Which is, Ooh, how did you learn how to do that? So, me father had a big old beard. Okay, I think he, I see where the story is going. He had a, a big, big old beard. A big old beard. <laughs> okay, uh, as, as old as the day is long, <laughs> and a uh, a. a uh, a meteor hit the beard one time when I was a young child. A meteor hit your dad's Not beard. a big dinosaur killer, just like a little, a little one. A we get one. hit by little meteors all the time. And one of these uh, hit his beard, <laughs> sparked it. The whole thing went up. Oh, my. And he screamed. He's like, you got, you got to help me. I'm, I'm dying. And I, I could have helped. But instead, I watched. And I was like, this gives me an idea for later when I'm a... When I'm a pirate. Oh, did you already at a young age were already thinking about becoming a pirate later in life? Yeah. You see, as me family sailed from uh, Bristol to Jamaica, we Mm. got overtaken by pirates. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We got overtaken and I was like, this is the way to do it. So you weren't scared. You were instead inspired by these pirates. Like, like, I want to join you guys. I want to I want to do what you're doing. Oh, yeah. They seemed like a merry bunch. And I wanted to. Interesting. It's a little bit like the Batman story where instead of deciding to be uh, a justice warrior, he sees this robber, like, kill his parents, and he's like, oh, that's a great job. I want to be a robber. Very much that. like that. Yeah, that's I was like, this you. guy, he took two people out, and he suffered no consequences. <laughs> that's, a, that's not, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm sad that my parents were, were 
taken out. Oh, your, your your parents died during this pirate raid. Yeah, me mom died on the pirate raid, and me yeah. me da died uh, earlier on that same voyage when his beard went up. Oh, right. Oh, so this was on the boat that the meteor hit. Yeah, the the meteor hit the beard on the boat. This was a very fortuitous ride for you, where you discovered not only the thing that you were going to do in all your battles, but also the thing that you wanted to do later on in your life. And, and you know, and you'd never know from Wikipedia. That's why <laughs> you, like, you really would. Where's the love? Anything. Where's the laughs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that is fascinating. You're like a reverse Batman. You're like a reverse Batman who decided to instead side with the people that destroyed his family. That's me. I'm a, I've am always said I'm a reverse Batman. <laughs> Only recently has it made any sense what I've been saying. <laughs> well, let's move back over to Kinsey. So you grew up, uh, conversely, very poor. Oh. Um, some reports say that you received suboptimal exposure to sunlight as a child. And I'm wondering, what was your life like exactly that you weren't getting enough sunlight as a child? Um, well, yes, we were basement dwellers because we were poor. Is that, what, is that what it was like being poor back then? Like you just had to live in a basement? Yes. The cheapest room. Yes. Oh, yeah, It's always the cheapest room. So we were basement dwellers and, and, uh, for fun, we would do things like go to the movies or we would go to a roller skating rink. And it was only when I got older that I realized all of our fun activities were in completely windowless indoor spaces. Why Why do you think that was? We I do mean, paintball indoors, laser tag. But all these things aren't necessarily like poor things. Like you have to spend money to play laser tag. You have to spend money to go to the movies. Right. Like why? Well, we had a hookup at all these places. Oh, I see. We, the Kinseys were a big clan. And right. so we had, uh, uh, my uncle worked at the laser tag. My cousin worked at the movies. Mm, okay. So we would get in... Uh, for free. Oh, interesting. So that's probably why, you know... You didn't get a lot of sunlight yeah. back then. Oh, okay, that's interesting. All right, so if you're just joining us, uh, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 18th century pirate Blackbeard... Yar. ...and 20th century American sexologist Alfred Kinsey. Hello. I just wanted to emphasize the American because you are speaking with a British accent, which... I can understand, like, you know, I'm one of those people that I pick up the accents that I'm around, so I'm mm. guessing you probably spent some time well, actually, over there, and that's where you got the accent from or something. You, few people know this, but if you spend enough time in academia, mm -hmm. you develop that a posh British accent. is interesting. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You're around people in the upper yes. echelon. Go to, go to any... You develop airs. Go to any top-notch university. Go to their tenured department. Every mm -hmm. single professor will have an English accent. Oh, interesting. You do that is just sort of like a, a stuffy, smart person accent. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't. Re it has no nation. You know, the same way that like the 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 the, the southern redneck, the the white trash yes. accent. It's from everywhere. It's from Pennsylvania. It's from Saint. It's from Louisiana. Sure. It's they're in Nevada. They're everywhere. That 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 you know. Well, well, you know, America this and America that. You know that kind of. I, I'm not very good with accents. Yes, so. and, and similarly, this accent is everywhere. It's yeah. inbred English uh, royalty. It's yeah. it's uh, academia in America. It's. Uh, that's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> Conversely, yeah. you know, almost no human being on Earth speaks the way I do. That's what I was going to ask you next, because, like, whereas whereas Kinsey seems to be putting on airs to seem more professorial, it's almost as though you have thrown away your wealthy parentage and adopted the, the most low-class uh, type of speaking uh, that, that that could exist. Look, I'll I'll shoot it to you straight. I uh, have a pirate accent, <laughs> and I am. It is an affectation well, it, that it, I don't know how to take off anymore. It, it wasn't a pirate accent back. That you made it a pirate accent. All the things that we think of of pirate stereotypes were from Blackbeard the pirate. Well, I, okay, I don't you like to brag, them. but you yeah, no, them. that was me. That it's was true. Me. You know, I uh, so I picked up this accent. There was a. a Irishman on the boat with oh, us. Oh, you shivered when you said that. <laughs> oh, oh it's, wow. it's terrible to be Irish. <laughs> oh. I think it's bad and it's a sin to I be. I think even the Irish would agree with that. Definitely. I'd say I've, I've said this a lot and I've never received any flack or pushback on it. <laughs> it's bad to be Irish. Uh, you heard it here, not first, I would imagine. But <laughs> and definitely not for the last time. Simply most recently. Uh, I, I, there was an Irishman on the boat with me and... He had the, the roughest accent. He had also, uh, his throat had been just torn up by dogs earlier. And oh, wow. He spoke pretty much the way I'm speaking right now. And All I right. thought, 
That's a colorful character. You really seem, your entire life is just seeing things happening and picking them up and deciding to do them yourself, it seems like. I was, I mean, the way I was as a child is just unrecognizable from now. I'll see if I can do the accent right now. That okay, well, well, this is how Blackbeard the Pirate talked before you were exposed to this pirate lifestyle. Yes, uh, uh, here is my, my natural speaking voice. Uh, yes, uh, hello. Oh, wow. Uh, from Bristol, I, England. Oh, yes. I, I love to mind me manners. That is, I that love is Edward that's accent. Thank you. That is the man behind Blackbeard. Yes, uh, me name is Edward Teach. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can only keep it going so long. No, I can see you're covered in sweat right now. Oh, yes. I'm just, I'm drenched. Yeah, wow. I'm sopping wet with sweat. I am just, I, it's, it's amazing to me that you, your entire life story seems to be looking at things and deciding that that's what you wanted. It, it, it blows my mind that you, you picked like the right combination of things. Like, like you could have just looked at your dad um, you, you could have looked at your mom getting killed by a pirate and said, oh, I'm going to do that instead of looking at the pirate and saying, I'm going to do that instead. You know, I, like, oh, so, I, I, I don't totally. Fall. I could have looked at me mom and getting said, killed by pirates. And said, That's what I want to get I'm gonna, killed I'm by pirates. Get, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't want that. <laughs> like, it really seemed like you were a sponge of a child. Like you just were, were taking in experiences and deciding that you were going to mimic them for the rest of your life. I was. I was. There were, you know, I went through some other phases that didn't totally become part of the pirate thing. Oh, but, like you, you experimented. You didn't just decide on one thing and then keep going with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you got to, I cast a wide net. You cast, you catch a lot and you got to throw some of it back. But, what were some of the things that you that you picked up for a little while and then were like, this isn't for me? Okay, so I uh, the so the peg leg. I saw a guy get his leg cut about half of the way off, and I was okay. like, that's a pretty rough look. I got to try that out. Did you mind if I ask if you remember how he got that little piece of his leg cut off? Yeah, a uh, he's oh yeah, he stuck it into the water <laughs> and he pulled it back up, and there was a shark just like gnawing <laughs> on it, and uh, he he looked at the. The camera. Imagine a camera. He looked at the camera and went, "Ay ay ay, I got to get a new job." And uh, the shark had just eaten the the. So leg did he off. say that to just no one in particular? Yeah, he didn't realize I could see him. He looked towards what, where he, he assumed looked- a camera would be. He assumed a thing that was not invented would be out. Yes, he, he mugged towards nothing. That is incredible. Mugging to the camera exists long before cameras exist. Yes, and he put his hands on either side of his head and like sort of like rocked it back and forth. He said, ay, ay, ay. I need a new job. Did, how could you even hear him if he was just speaking out into the ocean? I have excellent hearing. Uh, that is another one of the things that people rumored about you was how good your hearing was. You got When you're a pirate, you got a lot of the communication is shouting boat to boat. You yeah, got to have excellent it hearing. It really, really seems like that. Like the only way that you could get that uh, information across. Um, and so, yeah, so you tried out the peg leg for a little while? So or? I tried that. I put yeah. me leg in the ocean, too, in a shark. Uh, the ocean, as you might recall from those days just chock full of sharks yeah very sharky if you put anything in the ocean you're gonna pull it out and a shark's on it mm-hmm. so i put it you know i put me leg in and your shark had bitten me leg off i did the same thing i looked towards nothing and said ay 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 i've got to get a new job <laughs> and then me leg was gone and i for a while i had a peg leg mm-hmm. and i decided that's enough of that so i got me leg back what you got your leg back yeah yeah i went back to the same spot i put me peg leg in i pulled it out a shark was gnawing mm-hmm. on it and i said nothing because it didn't hurt yeah, obviously. but it was the same shark because the sharks. It was so tightly packed; the sharks would just be in the same spot where you <laughs> left them. And I opened its mouth like a strong mm-hmm. man. Okay. And I reached in and I rough, rummaged around, and you could hear a bunch of like it sounded like pots and pans. <laughs> As I ru- and I would pull out like a boot and look at it and shake me head no and throw it behind <laughs> me back, or a uh, banana peel or a, a mm-hmm. fish skeleton, but only the middle part was a skeleton. <laughs> it's incredible. It was the things, yeah. the things that are in a shark's stomach. It's really it's mind boggling. Oh yeah, and then I you know I pulled me leg out and I had mm-hmm. me ship surgeon uh, reattach it. And oh wow! It was massively infected and it it hurt for the rest of my life to this day. But mm-hmm. you know I, the but leg you, is still you there. You have to try things. You have to experiment in order to figure out who the kind of person that you're going to be. Absolutely. This, this has got to be something that came up in your sex studies, yes. uh, Alfred Kinsey. Like oh. you know, part of human sexuality has got to be. Dipping your toes in certain waters and seeing if you like it. And having and then, a shark l- just grab onto your member and see what happens. Is that that's not metaphorically? A, metaphorically, okay, don't yeah. stick your member in the ocean. Because is that one of the positions? Yes, sticking your, sticking your dick in the ocean. Yes, that was one of the lesser, least successful positions. Do you remember the name of that position from from your sex studies, Alfred Kinsey? Dick in the ocean. Dick in the ocean. That's evocative. That really, really helps. That's, it that says really what it is. Yes. Yeah. But yes, uh, experimentation is key to discovering 
where you lie on the Kinsey scale. Yeah, well, this is obviously the the eponymous Kinsey scale that you came up with later on in your life, which I'd like to get into some of the details on that because it is kind of a fascinating scale. Um, you know, you, um, you, it's a scale that goes from, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it goes from totally straight to totally gay. Yes. All right. And it goes from zero to six, which I would love to know the thinking behind that because normally a scale will go like one to 10, but you decide to go from zero to six. Why zero to six for your scale from totally straight to totally gay? Well, because there's only, if I'd made any more, you know, numbers on that scale, I would be totally lying. You can only be so straight or so gay. You okay. can't be a 10. And there's you, no, yeah. Yes. There's no 10 gay. There's no 10 gay. Okay. Interesting. And this is from Alfred Kinsey, so you know it's true. That yes. There's, there's and, no and level 10 gay. if you flipped it the other way around, you, there's no 10 straight. All right. Yeah, that's fair. So you're saying that there's only, so what will there be zero, one, and two are your straight-ish numbers. Yes. And then uh, three, four, five, and six would be your gain. Is there, is so, so I guess three would be like directly in the center then, right? That's, that's. Completely bisexual. Yes. All right. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. It, it. I think that human beings probably have a little bit more nuance. Like maybe we need to scale from one to ten. But you're the scientist, so no. Yeah, you. I'm the scientist. I'm the one who watched all those people fuck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got us there. <laughs> I really do. So Which I is, think I know a thing or it's two. It's just you know that I, I have to ask you as a as a scientist. That there have there has you have to acknowledge the fact that that's not a very scientific thing to do. Like some of your methodology was very non scientific. Like you would encourage your staff to have sex with each other so that they could uh, be create an environment that was a little bit more open and honest about sexuality. Mm. Oh, but boy. can't you see as a scientist how that might cloud your data by uh, having that kind of environment? Yes, I mean, I guess I could see how you might think that. <laughs> Encouraging my <laughs> colleagues to have sex with one another could, I don't know, muddy the waters or or make it a less professional environment. By the way, I'm sorry, I've just had this thought now. Blackbeard. Yo. Jared, I... Maybe you two... I'm sensing a lot of <laughs> chemistry, a lot of heat here. I'm maybe sorry, you, you, you guys, I mean... I could just stand over here if you guys Alfred wanna... Kinsey, Dr. Alfred Kinsey. What? Are you trying to get me and Blackbeard to have sex so that you can watch and study? I'm not trying to make you do anything. I'm trying to get out of the way to let you do something that nature wants to happen. Well, listen, I got to be 100% honest here. Like, I'm... I'm a zero on the Kinsey scale. Like, I'm not trying to say that to, like, assert. Uh, yes. No, I really am. Like, I'm not trying oh. to assert my own heterosexuality here. Mm. But, like, I really feel zero attraction to men. And there's nothing personal against you, Blackbeard. You know, uh, like, no offense taken. Yeah, yeah. Where would you say you're on, on, the, on the Kinsey scale, Blackbeard? I do, I, I, I'm an open-minded fella. I'd yeah. probably put myself at a two. Uh, two's pretty good. A two? Uh, yeah. I... Yeah, maybe, maybe you'd kiss a dude. Maybe you would uh, touch a dick or something like that. I'd have sex with a guy. I, who cares? Wait, is that a two? I feel like you have to be at least a three to have sex with a guy, right? Oh. No, but he's. if you hear the tone of his voice, that makes him a two. He's got that. He's saying like, I, I would do it. He's not. <laughs> he doesn't really want to, but he would oh, do so, it. So a three is like, I would have sex with a dude. Yes, you more definitively. Oh, you're like, I okay. want to do this. So a two is like, I got to have it. Exactly. <laughs> I All could right. take it or leave it. I, give it a shot. So was that, that was your methodology. Was just like asking. Like That's part of it. There are many facets. It, it was a. It was a layered. Uh, yes, it was a multi-pronged scientific process. Interesting. Can you tell us another question that you would ask to figure out where somebody lied on their Kinsey scale? Like, if you're trying to figure out me, I said I'm a zero. But maybe you have a question that would reveal yes. whether or not I'm actually a zero. Or not. It would be a like a Columbo. It was, it was a multi-tiered. <laughs> it was very much like Columbo. <laughs> It's multi-tiered, and I would say okay. so. Let, let's say let's continue with this Blackbeard Jared okay. situation. Yeah, right. I would say, Jared, you know, Blackbeard, you and him, I could just stand over here and watch, and then you would probably say, um, "I'm good, thank you very much, though." <laughs> I mean, nobody would nobody would care really if you did it. I mean, I wouldn't care. Nobody well, I mean, here, we've well, seen it all. Well, I would care. Like, I it's something that I don't want to do. Okay, I mean, I don't want to. I'm just saying it's right there. It's just you could. If anyway, you'll, if you'll forgive me, it feels like you're using peer pressure 
Okay, well, this is people to have no. Sex. This is a process. So this is an sick. HR nightmare. <laughs> it's a process, and then I'll show you. I'll show you the Colombo aspect. Okay, well, then I. Well, can we can we see that when we get back from break? Because we do have to take a, a short break. Okay, break. I think you're gonna love it. <laughs> okay, so we gotta take a short break, but we will be right back with Alfred Kinsey and Blackbeard on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead Everybody, just want to take a quick break from the show to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends all about us. That stuff helps us out a whole bunch. Yeah, I recommend the show to your friends. I don't see why you wouldn't do that since you like it so much. Uh, feel free to hit us up anytime you like at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. You can send us feedback or if you have a Famous Dead person that you want to have on the show, I would love to accommodate you, a fan of the show, and put your favorite Famous Dead person on here. Also, go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It's super funny. You go buy it at a bookstore. Go buy it online. It is available to order right now. And lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FamousDeadPeople and click on the Sponsor This Show button. All those donations help to keep awesome content like Famous Dead People on the air. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are the notorious... British pirate who terrorized the West Indies and the early American colonies, Blackbeard. Yar! And the early American sexologist behind the eponymous Kinsey scale, Alfred Kinsey. Hello! And uh, just before the break, uh, Alfred Kinsey was trying to place me on the Kinsey scale by asking me if I was going to, if I would uh, consider having sex with Blackbeard the pirate. And so was there was there a big reveal there? Was there like another Columbo moment that you were that you were gonna spring on us yes, there? You're never going to get ahead of me on this one. You're never gonna get ahead of what this tactic is based okay. on the name Columbo. So here we go. All right. So I'll pick up where I left off. All so right. I would say, Jared, are you sure you don't wanna with Blackbeard? Yeah, I really I really don't wanna. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's cool. I'm gonna get out of here. I've gotta go get a bowl of chili and a coffee from Artie's chili stand, just like Columbo does in the show. Anyway, <laughs> gotta run. Bye bye. Oh, oh, one more thing, Jared. Okay. I'm pretty sure you want to fuck Blackbeard. <laughs> and that would be it. And usually that would tell me that you want to. I gotta be 100% honest here. Like, I felt a little more like I wanted to have sex with Blackbeard. All right, that's what I'm talking about. But it's just about. a tiny bit. Like, I still don't want to, but it's more. Because of the way that you sort yes. of like engineer well, that. So you said you're a zero. Yeah. I might I might put you up at a one. All right. Yeah. I'll take one. I will take one. I might put you at a one. Maybe right. you're a zero. All right. But I might put you at a one. Mm, okay. Well, you famously said that no one's either a zero or a six, that nobody exists just as straight or gay. Yes, you know? exactly. All I right. famously well, said I take- <laughs> Why include those then? <laughs> Why have those on the scale? Just because Why not make it a one to five, Alfred Kinsey? Mm, because fuck you. <laughs> I mean, that's just it's like it's like say, oh no, there's Slytherin. Nobody's a Slytherin. It's like why have it? Just to show people, it's like it's like the the bumpers, you know, when you play when you play uh when you're bowling <laughs> as a kid and you put the bumpers up so that you cannot get a a gutter ball. yes yeah it's just to show you hey the, this could happen but mm. it won't happen but oh. it could but it, it's not going all right interesting. Uh. well let me ask you this so you you were a botanist and a biologist mm. uh, you know um uh and wikipedia says that you first became interested in studying human sexuality uh because you were discussing the topic with your colleague a man named robert crock uh, but he wasn't a sexologist, right? I'm sorry, Blackbeard. Do you find something funny about the name Robert Croc? Yeah, I do. I admit. I'd Robert... like you to grow up, Blackbeard. Honestly. Oh, come on. 
We'd call him Bobby Croc. Bobby Croc. Now I'm laughing. No, I'm smiling on. from ear to ear it's hearing just, this name. It, it sounds a little bit like cock. I grant you that. But come on, guys. Let, let's, let's. Oh, no. Let's, I was laughing because it sounds like Crocodile. You thought that he was a man named Robert Crocodile. And yeah. That was making you laugh. As you know, pirates are afraid of crocodiles. That's right. As Peter Pan And yours, And your fear manifests, manifests itself through laughter. Exactly. I got Ooh. uncomfortable, so I giggled a little bit. Interesting. That's a classic, too. That's a classic. Oh, that's a, that's a solid two thing to do. Wow, that sexually. ties into my sexuality, my yes. fear of crocodiles. Yes. Well, like, as you no, said, the, lab, big, yes. the tiered system, the Kinsey scale. Uh, you know. I, I just, because, you know, because I'm the biggest pirate. I'm the most a pirate that anyone can be. I'm a pirate six mm-hmm. on the Blackbeard scale. Oh, there's also a Blackbeard scale. Yeah, it's I for no how idea. much somebody is a pirate. Oh, interesting. But the thing about pirates <laughs> is you're either one or you're not. So everyone, it's unlike yours, everyone is a zero or or a six. <laughs> How could you be a three? Are you sort of a pirate? Well, there was the infamous gentleman pirate, uh, Mr. Mr. Bonnet or Bonnet, I yes, believe. Yes, yes. Uh, who, he was a rich guy. He, he was inspired by your tales in the high seas. How could you not he be? He decided that he wanted to be a pirate, but he, then he, he got a crew together. They hated him because obviously he was a bad pirate. Sure, sure. And then they ran into you guys, and you basically like took over his crew and kind of like taught him a little bit of how to be a pirate. Like, wouldn't you say that he's, like, somewhere on the scale? It's not really... That is an adorable story. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Isn't that the cutest? Yeah, he wanted to be like me, and then I taught him how to be like me. But you also stole his crew and his ships and stuff like that, so it wasn't, like, entirely G-rated. I out-pirated him. Yeah, well, it I just, wasn't it's hard. Like, it's learn like, from experience, it's my like dude. trying to out-pirate a rock, basically. I, like... Oh, boy, you're telling me. <laughs> Your lips to God's ears, my friend. So that's a guy that was, he was a zero, pretended mm-hmm. to be a six. All right. And then a six came around and taught him how to truly be a six. All right. So, so by the end of your experiences with Mr. Bonnie, was it Bonnet or Bonnie? I, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. I think Bonnie. Bonnie, B-O-N-N-E-T. That's, it was Bonnet, and I was like, that'll never fly. You got to be Bonnie. That's a real piratey sound. So Bonnie name. is a way more piratey name than Bonnet. I think so. I, I mean, if they were splitting hairs here, you know, on the... On the, is this an intimidating name scale? I would say that that's the difference between like a one and a zero. Exactly. Okay. It, that's it's a, I mean, look, the name scale is totally different. The pirate scale, it's you're a zero, you're mm-hmm. a six. And that's it. And never the two shall meet. Two ships in the night. Oh, yeah. Everything has got to be an analogy like that for you. Like it always, everything has to, to revolve around like ships and, oh, and the ocean yeah. and stuff like that. If you give me an analogy, I'll turn it into a pirate <laughs> thing. Try me. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm good for it. Do you have any analogies, Alfred Kinsey, oh, that you want to throw over at him? Off my head. Oh, man. Trying to think. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I know. Sort of a weird request. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, deep. you know, if we have like a saying, you know, like hitting the, hitting the nail on the head. Right. You know, like, hitting the nail on the mast of a ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two in the hand is one in the hand is worth two in the bush. All right. One in the hook for a hand is worth two in the bush, which is on a tropical island. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. They're not good, that's but right. I do them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to uh, Professor Kinsey here for a little while. So, um,. You know, you were you you were raised very religious. I read in your Wikipedia, mm. and um, it seemed like you and your father clashed a lot because, like, you he wanted you to be an engineer, you wanted to be a biologist. Uh, you know, he was a very religious person. You decided I was to study a real sex. rebel. Yeah, yeah. You know, what what was that like? Like, you know, when did you you know sort of like separate from your father? You know, was there a lot of tension there because of how you decided to live your life later on? Oh yes, my father. I mean, yes, he was a real. A real nasty prick. Okay. And he always wanted to, he took me to church and he'd be like, yo, let's all, let's be very religious and not talk about sex. And I said, oh no, I'm go, I'm going to go be a biologist. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I was, you know, I mean, in my day, that was like the most badass thing you could do was say, no, whatever you want me to be, father. Sorry, I'm going to be a biologist. That was the hardest thing you could do. I might say hard, I mean like, like tough. Yeah, tough. That was a That's tough thing to tough. do in like oh. the 1930s, 1920s. Yes. I mean, it was just a weird time. Yeah, no, of course. I but, mean, yes. it, it seems so antiquated now, but we have to remember how different life was for people back then. Yes, it was like today's version of like skateboarding and smoking cigarettes. Oh, really? Telling yes. your dad you're going to be a biologist? Yes, I mean, he wow. basically disowned me after that and... Then, you know, once I got into, you know, watching people fuck, (laughs) then he really wasn't happy about any of it. 
I got to say, just like listening to the way that you talk about your own scientific study, it really sounds less scientific every single time you mention it. Um, but let me let me go back to this conversation that you had with your colleague, Robert Kroc. And I know that you're that you're going to laugh and you're terrified, Blackbeard. But just, you know, try to bear with me here. Yes. So this uh, is a, guy, yes, a man yeah, named see, Robert Kroc. You think cock. You think crocodile. Mm-hmm. I think crock of shit like my old man. <laughs> My old man is just a crock of shit. Wow, it's, it's incredible how that name has so many different resonations for uh, for all of us. Um, so this is a colleague of yours named Robert Kroc, and you guys are talking about sex, um, and that's what you, what made you decide to study sex as a scientist, as a as a biologist, basically. And so I'm asking, like, so he wasn't a sexologist, right? So no. what was this conversation that you guys were having that led you to want to become a sex scientist? Well, it was pretty simple. I was like, look, Bobby... I'm loving biology, my man. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, biology's cool. Have you gotten to anatomy yet? And I was like, yeah, it's very interesting. And like, how's this, the, all the procreation stuff is interesting. And I don't fully understand it. And he raised his finger up into the air and raised his other hand into the air, <laughs> made a circle. And he went like this, in and out. So he made like the sex motion with the finger going into the other hand. And I was like, what are you doing, Bobby? <laughs> what is that all about? And he was like, this is what it's all about. And he said, you, that's what you should study. And I was like, and once I understood what he was doing, it took me, see, you guys are used to it. That was actually the first time that was ever done. Oh, oh no, wow. Nobody had ever signaled sex that way no, with a finger going never, into the hand. Never. Interesting. And, and I okay. thought, I thought, Okay, this is my life now. This is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Is so, I'm going to watch this all the time. <laughs> I'm going to watch things going into things so and watching things on things. And your colleague do the sex motion with his hand is what made you want to become a sex scientist. Yes, that is fascinating. That really is interesting. But let me um, but pivot over here to Blackbeard for just a moment. Yar. So you know we. Talked a little bit about your the mythology around you, you know, yeah. and like how fearsome you became. But I'm a little bit more curious about the process of being a, a pirate because you were a very you were an extremely successful pirate. Well, um, I, I hate to brag. No, but... no, you were. You know, you you were uh, famously one of the best pirates that's you know that that was operating at the time. Um, well, yeah. But I'm I'm curious how it all works. So you and your fellow pirates. Would you just sail around looking for ships to steal? Is that correct? Yeah, we'd just sort of, every morning we'd wake up on our pirate ship. Okay. Uh, and I'd say, hey, we're already on the ocean. Let's get out there. Let's steal a ship or two. And me men would Wait, I'm cheer. sorry. Let me lay pause you right there for a second. So you're saying that part of your pitch was the fact that you were already on the ocean? Like, if you were at the dock and you were like, hey, guys, let's go steal a ship, people would have been like... No, you lose a lot now. of momentum when you're on the dock. You got a lot of lazy guys. They're like, I mean, I'm feeling the land here. It feels good under me feet. And so <laughs> me goal was to keep us out of the ocean as long as possible. I'd be like, guys, I mean, when are we going to be here again? <laughs> and you got to you got to learn. I mean, that's part of being a successful pirate. You got to frame it in the right way to your, okay. your willful crew. Because the thing about pirate crews you don't get into the pirate business because you like to follow orders. Mm. You don't get into it because you like to be told what to do. So you got to frame it to them in a way that's like, look, it's just going to be easier for us to steal a ship than it is. We're closer to a ship than we are to a dock. Okay. All I right. get that sales technique, too, because mm-hmm. it's like, Jared, Blackbeard. It is kind of what you were doing when you were trying to convince yeah. me to have sex with Blackbeard right here. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. It's true. I would do the same thing. There. I would walk to the end of the plank and be like, hey, I'm going to go uh, swim in the ocean. And right before I'd get to the end, I'd do the Columbo thing and be like, but you know, <laughs> we could steal a pirate ship. And Insane. all the men would cheer. And they would go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We'd sing a shanty as we sailed over and all right. took a pirate ship. Nice. Do You me- you don't have to remember any of your pirate shanties. Uh, do you from, from way back when? Oh, yeah. We sang, uh, let's see, what are so- what's the, uh, what's a pirate shanty we sang? Oh, uh, we sang, um. A lot of. Do you know the band The Pogues? The Pogues. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the Pogues. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, Alfred wonderful Kinsey? little Irish band. Oh. <laughs> a band full of terrible <laughs> Irishmen, uh, headed up by Shane McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even uh, say the name of an Irish person. It's a, too difficult. <laughs> I. It, it makes me. I. How. I would never even imagine saying John F. Kennedy <laughs> or. <laughs> Conor McGregor. Oh my Ooh. God! You guys hate the Irish. You oh my God! Here. I hate to read the books of Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Okay, so sorry. So you were uh, describing, oh, the Pogues, right? This is a. Oh, yeah. All yeah. of his songs are, uh, he was the descendant of a pirate and he would just oh. steal. A lot of those songs are just plagiarized pirate shanties. Oh, okay. okay you so, can hear it when you listen to them. Oh, okay. Well, we don't obviously want to sing one of those songs because then we'd have to like pay for the rights or something like that, right? Yep. So I'm free. I don't have to. <laughs> I'm off the hook and don't have to sing them. Oh, well, if... uh, Oh, yeah, Michael Jackson songs. uh, Wait, there were Michael Jackson songs that were shanties also? Yes, other famously litigious artists. (laughs) Those are all pirate sea shanties. I understand. So for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century American sexologist Alfred Kinsey and fearsome 18th century pirate Blackbeard. Yo-ho-ho. All right, so... um, uh, I'd like to ask you, Blackbeard, about mm-hmm. this process some more. So you guys, you've already convinced everybody on your boat that you're going to steal some ships and stuff like that. Yes. So then where do you like go for the, do you just like sail around until you see one in the, in the horizon or something? Yes. And this is, oh boy, this is the tough part about being a pirate. Sometimes mm-hmm. the ocean, I don't know if you've ever been on the ocean. That thing is huge. So big. It's a big, big old ocean. Yeah. Really, really big. And look, we got a lot of, this was during the height of the pirate era. There were mm. a lot of pirate ships. Sometimes you'd sail around and you'd see a ship and you'd go to steal it and it's, oh, it's been deserted. That's just an empty ship that's floating well, around. People just leave ships on the ocean? Oh, yeah. People would just, because think about being on the ship in the ocean is it's dangerous. You run out of supplies or mm-hmm. food. You just sort of die. So we'd we'd sail up to a ship and be like, oh, we're going to take this ship. And we'd get there and it's like, oh, this, oh, boy. Oh, nature already <laughs> took its course on this one. And we'd all get sad and bummed out and a few guys would take their hats off. <laughs> And hold it to their chest and look down. <laughs> and uh, it was always sort of a hit to morale. Mm. So but then, I mean, you'd get all the stuff, though, right? That was on the boat. And that was a boost to morale. <laughs> we'd, get, we'd take their treasure. We'd take their food. We'd take mm. their ale. That was, and that was the most of the day-to-day of being a pirate. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's, I mean, that seems like a good process. Um, let's go back to Dr. Kinsey here for a moment. Because, you know, we... I've already talked a little bit about how... Lucy Goosey, some of your scientific methodology was. I resent like, that. I mean, it's just it's just scientific fact. Like you know, I can I can pull up some of these uh, the statistics that I got off of um, uh, you know Wikipedia here. You encourage your staff to have sex with each other. Uh, you you filmed your staff having sex with each other. Uh, you you interviewed one person, then you said it was nine people in order to to have more data. Like that's all very Whoa. non-scientific, Lucy Goosey. I think Lucy Goosey is accurate, right? When you say I would say I would use like the term Lucy Goosey. Okay, look, and now that you you throw it in my face, sure, some of it was a little Lucy Goosey, but look, you know, the science of watching people fuck isn't an easy one. Sometimes you've got to bend the you rules. You have to have a better way of phrasing it. Like when you were trying uh, to get funding. Okay, name one better way to say it. I want to study human sexuality through observation. That's a li- at least a little bit more. I want to know. shiver their timbers. <laughs> I'll take that one. All right. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm really shocked you managed to get anything done. But so in in line with the, um, you know, the loosey-goosiness of your, um, uh, of your scientific methodology, it really seems like you kind of like were part of your own study because like you had an open relationship with your wife. Sure. You were openly bisexual. Mm-hmm. You had an affair with one of your male students and he would like have sex with you and your wife. Like all these things seem very, you know, uh, progressive, especially for the time that you were alive. Okay. Well, let's say, let's say you're a, uh, a dinosaur scientist, a paleontologist. All right, yeah, that's a sure. Right. Yeah, fair so enough. yes, you've got. Are you telling me that dinosaurs don't bleed into the personal life there? You 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 discover some new dinosaur somewhere in the desert. You're dusting off the thing, and you see. Are you telling me that when you dig up that dinosaur and you've got the bones displayed in a museum, you don't sometimes when the museum's closed? pretend to be a dinosaur and walk around and that that's not the exact same thing as sleeping with one of your students. I don't, um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a paleontologist. It doesn't seem like something that they would do. Okay. Well name another kind of scientist. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, endocrinologists, they, they study, um, diseases, right? Endocrinology. I think? Sure. Yeah. So you're telling me you're an endocrinologist. You're working at the CDC. Okay. You know, the, everyone's gone. Oh, and wait, I think, I think that's find... the nervous system. Maybe endocrinologist i'm forgetting it doesn't matter oh yeah 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 
endocrinologist is a nervous system. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay. let's go with the disease thing because I already have an analogy. Worked well, there's up. certainly a scientist out there that does study disease. Yes. So we'll just say you're a disease Diseaseologist. Disease. And you find, <laughs> and it's, everything's closed at the CDC, and you've got, ooh, here's a case of smallpox that's still here. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you don't try it on? You don't walk around? Give yourself. Try a disease? Yeah, look at yourself in a full-length mirror <laughs> covered in smallpox. Just you, imagine. I mean, you're telling me you don't do you wouldn't do that. So come this, on, come this on. Rings Grow true up for you, Blackbeard. You think I got is, to say, Kinsey got me there. I would not. Not that I've ever been a smallpox scientist. I'm mm-hmm. a simple pirate. I I will admit, if I were a smallpox scientist, I would certainly try on the smallpox. Well, I feel like well, let's let's try to let's try to translate this into your life because I feel like this would be. A little bit like, you know, if you hadn't had a ship in a long time that you, you and your, your your mates could ransack. Me jolly crew, yeah. Yeah, if you, like, ransacked each other or something, you know? Like, that just seems oh, we'd like... Oh, th- we'd call those pirate scrimmages. We'd do that all the time. <laughs> we'd break up into two... We'd do shirts and skins. <laughs> we'd get on opposite sides of the ship and we'd just run at each other full force. <laughs> and sure, you lose a guy or two, but... It's all part of the pirate scrimmage. Because <laughs> you got to stay loose, right? You got to stay loose. You got to stay warm. You got to stay. You got to. <laughs> look, there's not a lot of people out on the ocean. You got to. Because sometimes you'd run into another pirate ship and they'd try to take you over. And if you're not scrimmaged up, you're going to yeah. be in trouble. That is, that is really rough. Practice makes perfect. It does. Even yeah. when it comes to pirates or fucking. <laughs> That's right. God, well, Kinsey, you and I. We're not so different, are we? Ooh, no, I feel like there's some sparks happening here. Like maybe, maybe the two of you are trying to. Uh, he's, trying a t- to... he's a two. I'm a three. Oh wow! Oh wow! I wasn't trying to take it to a sexual place, but <laughs> oh, I didn't mean either. I just, yeah, we should be buds. We should go get beers after this or something. Sure, I I drink rum exclusively. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit. Um, I would like to know. Uh, let's, we'll go back to Blackbeard for yeah. a moment here. So, you know, in in the 1710s, uh, word gets around to all the pirates right. that there is an American colony where if you give yourself up to the authorities, you will be given a full pardon. And you decide to take them up on this offer, which seems insane to me that somebody would be like, if you just promise not to be a pirate anymore, then you you can just live your life and just be a free person. Doesn't that seem insane like to just forgive all the all the ships that you stole and all the all the all the uh the the booty that you had taken from from other people from other cargo ships oh i i thought it was it was completely bonkers uh, yeah. for them to do that which is why i took them up on it and i did it right away and they were like we'll forgive you for being a pirate and i was mm. like i'm in a lot of trouble i've done <laughs> I, my life is extremely illegal. Mm-hmm. So I showed up and I said, I'm so sorry. I'll never be a pirate again. Mm-hmm. But what they couldn't see, but what all of the pirates standing <laughs> behind me could see was I had my, my fingers crossed behind me back. Classic. Classic trick. If you hadn't have done that, would you not have been able to go back to being a pirate if you hadn't have crossed your fingers? It would have been impossible. Really? There would have been no way. I'm... That is the pirate code? Like, you have to cross your fingers when you're lying? The, if they, if you don't do it, they cut off your hand, and that's how any pirate with a it's hook a for hook. hand, that's, that's they, how. They hold a lie without crossing their fingers. That's right. They, that is interesting. Because a pirate's only as good as his word. <laughs> and if I if I had lied to if I had lied to the authorities, I could mm-hmm. have lied to me pirate friends. At the end of the day, pirates are all about respecting authority. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have a code. Like it, it, if you're if you're going to go against the colonies, if you're going to go against the British government, you know you, you you have to at least have a bedrock that you're not going to cross. You have exactly. to have a line. You it's know? it's true. And it's, it's the like, pirate code. It's the pirate code. It's why. Yeah. I had to if I'm gonna if you're gonna tell a lie, you've got to cross your you gotta cross, got your, to fingers. cross your fingers. All right, interesting. And in, in many ways the the British government or the the crown and, and me relationship, they were like a, a scolding neighbor and I was like a, a neighborhood child with a slingshot sticking out of his back pocket. I, <laughs> okay. I'd break a window and they'd be like, Could how could you have done this? And I would have said, like, Oh, oh did I do that? <laughs> And they'd give me a loving pat on the head. And then go, go run around, you little scamp. Exactly. Get out of here. Exactly. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. At the end of the day, I wasn't making their lives too difficult. I wasn't, like, killing the queen or anything. No, that's true. And I actually did read that for all of your, uh, you know, uh, gruff imagery and this, this savage, uh, you know, lighting your beard on fire and having the fuses in your hat, you were actually a notoriously 
uh, nonviolent pirate. You just used intimidation to get everything. Like you wouldn't kill any of your prisoners or anything. Is that, oh, is that yeah. Correct? I mean, I guess we're far enough away from it now. I can admit that. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really hurt people. I didn't yeah. like to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. I just liked to scare them. Oh, interesting. It's like like you were living Halloween on the high seas. Yes, I would. Oftentimes, I would light my beard on fire, and then people would go whoa, and I'd <laughs> shout Happy Halloween. <laughs> And we just sail away without even taking anything from. Oh, you know, a lot of the Halloween traditions originate with me. I would. Really? I'm the guy who invented tricking or treating. Oh wow! Okay, and so back then, was it the same? Like you would say trick or treat, and they would give you candy or something? It was a little different. <laughs> I wouldn't say trick or treat. Mm -hmm. I would uh, instead of saying trick or treat, I would light me beard on fire, <laughs> and I would scream, "Give me your, give me your treasure! I'm in a massive amount of pain!" <laughs> and they'd give me their treasure. And somewhere along the way, I can see I can see the link up. I can see how you get from point A to point B on that one. Yes, yeah, all you, the time. You have to draw me a picture because there was a time, you know, early on in trick or treating where that that was still a thing where children would light their beards on fire. Yes, and yeah. they would get candy. That's the reason why you you would you would see a child with a fake beard on so that they could light it on fire, just like they were in the Halloween tradition, evoking me or the ghost costume, the popular ghost costume. Mm -hmm. That is uh, to evoke the hood that they would put on my head so that. To dull the flames, <laughs> which were burning my face and killing me, they would put a white hood on your on your head. Yes, interesting. Oh yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Yes, nothing uh, nothing sinister <laughs> at that point in time about a white, a white hood. hood. Yes, yeah. Thankfully, there there wasn't the kind of racism that we have today, unfortunately. Nope, it was not in the 18th century. In the 18th century, <laughs> I'm comfortable saying there was no racism. <laughs> That is a modern invention. Well, let's uh, let's go over to Alfred Kinsey for a moment here. So you have these two books that you wrote about human sexual behavior. And unfortunately, this is going to be the, the last question that we have time for today. Uh, and so your two books were called uh, sec The Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. And then your second book was called Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. Right. If I wrote one, I had to write the other one. Well, what I'm, I? what I'm wondering, why didn't you just write one book for human sexuality? Why did you have to differentiate between male and female? Well, you know... <sighs> Back then, it was, you know, different. Guys didn't want to read chiclet, and girls didn't want to read bro bro books. Oh, sorry, is that how you would describe your scientific uh, dissertations on human sexuality? Is like a bro book and a chiclet? Yeah, man. <laughs> Get off my back, okay? <laughs> Look, I watched people fuck for a long time. <laughs> If I want to describe the books that came out of it as chiclet and bro books, mm -hmm. that's how I, I I'm going to describe I just it. Assumed but assumed that there were going to be dry scientific manuals that you know just describing the data and stuff like that. But you're saying that one was one was a bro book and one was chiclet. Yeah, because what it was was that the bros wanted to see what it was all about. You know, I mean, I take it all back to that moment when Bobby Croc did this, the, the finger, the finger in the hole fucking, thing. fucking the hand. Yeah. Yes. And it's sort of like what I wrote was the 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 literature version of that. Can if you, can, I could have, I would have just made it a flip book of this you, happening over and over and over hand, and over. The fucking motion. I yes. mean, you certainly could have. <laughs> the, the no, I couldn't. The technology 100% existed at the time. I make, don't know. Make a flip book of Did that. it? As well, soon as we had pages, we had flip book technology. What was the? Mm. Can you give us a passage from your uh, study of human male sexuality that that you're describing so bro broly? Yes, uh, let me see. Uh, I'm just gonna flip flip up in the pages here. All right. Okay, here we go. Um, chapter six. Look, bros, when it comes to fucking good, you know <laughs> what you gotta do, and make sure. The bro or the chick is cool with everything, and you're good to go, my All right, dude. Now, Wait a second. You're reading the game by... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, They're one and the same, really, aren't yeah. they? You're the first pickup artist, aren't oh, you? Oh, wow. This is, a, this is a revelation on the show. Right at the end, you're figuring me out, aren't you? We, we just did a Columbo. On oh, Dr. Wow. Alfred Kinsey. We figured out you weren't a scientist at all. You I know, and Blackbeard literally got up. He was walking out to leave. Walking he put on his door. coat and his hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the visual element of it was missing for <laughs> the radio show. I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a shame that we don't, have a, we don't have cameras in here, but that is basically what happened right as you were leaving. You saw the book that he was reading was just the game, and, and you called him out for what he was. I really did. And well, so, I can read from the lady. The well, what's the lady version. book that you have there? Chapter 8. Ladies, you know where it's at, am I right? Wait, that's Ellen's biography. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, 
It's been a long time. You didn't read. You didn't bring your books. I didn't. I just assume every book I pick up (laughs) is my book. Oh man, that is. There was a lot to unpack here, but unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, uh, Blackbeard and Alfred Kinsey, for joining me in the studio today. Yes. Uh, I have one final question for you both. I know it's a little weird, but I'd like to end every one of my shows by asking my guests if they'd like to plug a comedy show or a funny Twitter account or anything like that. Uh, Blackbeard. Uh, sure. It's not my own personal account, but uh, if you want to follow a uh, comedian and cartoonist by the name of Branson Reese, he's got some good stuff. He's on Twitter as at Branson Reese or mm-hmm. Instagram as at Brand Son of God. <laughs> Fun little play on words there. <laughs> All right. And uh, and Dr. Kinsey? Well, I, I there's a hilarious show happening uh, Friday, September 8th at 6 p.m. at UCB Theater. In Chelsea, the Chelsea section of New York City, called Jet Comes to Cobbsville. It stars a hilarious person that I follow with great pleasure. He's also on Twitter as at Kevin Cobbs. And uh, he's got about 150th as many followers as the other guy that Blackbeard talked about on mm. Twitter. Oh, Branson, Branson Reese? Yes. Well, I'm sure those two people can hash it out later and figure yes. out maybe, we can maybe talk trade about followers it. Yes. or something. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite huh? dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radioforbrooklyn.com. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. Also, don't forget to go check out my book, The uh, Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is available for order now. It is super funny. I'm Jared Berenstein. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and We'll see you next week.